My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Okay, I'm going to go for this career move. No, I'm not. Oh, I really want to be a CEO, but uh, I don't know. Well, wait, I'm in this company, and they don't seem to get this LGBTQ thingy. So what do you do? You know you're a gay guy that wants to be more. You want to be who you want to be in the workplace. Or maybe you want to have more impact. Well, that's where we're going today on 40 Plus Gay Man Gay Talk. Because we are bringing in a guy that I love to death. We've done some podcasts in the past. He's amazing at what he does. He's the gay leadership dude. And we're going to kick your asses, boys. Because it's time for you to go do that thing you want to do in the workplace. Be who you want to be. And make that career move. And a whole lot of other stuff. His name is Steve Iacovelli. I like this guy a whole lot. I'm going to shut the fuck up and say, Steve, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, man. Thank you, Rick. This is so cool to be back. <clears throat> it's so cool to have you, too. And even though you're in the state of Florida, we won't go too deep there. But yeah, hey, hey, hey. But um, <clears throat> somebody's got to represent, right? That's so, right. Um, Start the so revolution. It has probably been, what, four or five years since we literally hooked up on a podcast, right? Right. right? Um, no, I, saw, I think about two and a half-ish to when my, yeah. my first book came out or my last book came out, latest book came out. <laughs> well, you know, I'm 58. So like the memory, like, you it's know, there's true. so many men, so many, you know, lost memories, that sort of thing. So. I, I started taking that ginkgo biola to help or whatever it is to help your memory, but I keep forgetting to take it. So I hear you. Well, well be careful. I, I took it and then I went bald. So just saying, be careful. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want anybody going, oh my God, Rick's doling out medicine here. Right? No, no, I'm not no. giving medical advice here. So, uh, but what we do, I really want to talk about this because I, I mean, hey, you know, we're both guys in plus 40s and yes. there was the, there were those moments like I literally okay I came out at 36 and then everything started happening in my 40s which was the beautiful time in my life not that everything wasn't beautiful but really career-wise this is when things started shifting as soon as I hit the 40s and I know a lot of you see this in the work you do with your leadership work and everything but there's a lot of movement like mm -hmm. I got to do something different got to be something different and then for some gay guys they're like yeah, but that's a lot of work. You know, us gay men, it's like, oh, too much work. No, just roll over, lay down, let's do it, right? <clears throat> but um, it is interesting. And I think you could bring a lot of light into like, hey, why why do you guys struggle with this whole, hey, yeah. let's lead my life, let's step into those spaces. So, um, all right, that's all I'm going to say. It's all yeah. your show from here oh, on no. out. <laughs> Woohoo, thanks. No, you know, it's funny because um, I've been, you know, and, I, and I'm, you know, a little more advanced than the forties, but I'm going to parties. And, you know, once, once we could do such thing in this weird and wonderful time and all of my peer groups are having that, the, the, the number question or the length of time question, or when are you retiring conversation? I'm like, this is weird. I didn't think I'd be here, but right. there's, there's a lot of folks who are still like, I mean, they have many, many, many more years to contribute if they wish. Mm -hmm. 
And yep. so we've been having those differing conversations. Like, you know, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I've started my business actually 14 years ago, which, which it, in the, the grand scheme of entrepreneurial life is pretty darn long. And people are like, how did you get started? And I'm having more of those kinds of conversations where, you know, you top dog learning group, you know, you do the gay leadership dude thing, you're an author, you're a speaker. How did you get that start? And, and really encouraging uh, folks to start to think about how can you tell your story and, and take what you've learned in the, the last however many decades of contributing to the, the workplace and turn that into something else and maybe do it with a purpose or with your passion as well in these next phase of life. Well, it's interesting because, okay, let's just go here for a minute because we have a lot of fun <laughs> on this podcast. You can be really passionate about going and hooking up, but why can't you get passionate about going and doing the thing you want right. to do? And, and, you know, right. when I'm coaching guys, I'm like, okay, but you're really passionate about pursuing, finding a man or getting later. Well, yeah, but I can't find my passion. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you can. It's that it's scary. I get that. And you are trying to do it like snap the fingers. Where is it? Mm-mm. And I think a lot of times, especially in the when it comes to our work and career, yeah. Yeah. this is what sustains us. I mean, let's let's just be honest about this. You know, it's like we got got the income, the house, whatever. And so you're afraid to make those moves sometimes because what if I fuck it up? And then, wow, I've made a huge thing yeah. that impacts my quote. Life livelihood. And, you know, yeah, livelihood. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, you know, I have to say, back in, but earlier in my, or several years ago, um, I've been, I was fired. I've been fired a lot, actually, in the grand scheme of the world. And you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for that because, you know, um, one of my, my past career jobs was I, I was a change consultant at IBM. I didn't get fired for them, by the way, I actually quit. But um, but I learned about the concept of being resilient in times of change and, and how, you know, typically we as humans don't like change. Change is icky. Change hits that, that primal brain of ours that, you know, we feel unsafe and therefore we're going to put ourselves in physical harm. But right. we're still wired that way. And so when big changes happen to us, whether it be career or it be relationships or whatever, you know, we're wired to resist it. And how mm -hmm. in, in the concept of resiliency, do we adapt and, and not just survive, but thrive? And, and I think I could see that with a lot of my friends going through these, you know, uh, life changes and career moves and retirements from this. But what do I do now with that? And, and I think it's fascinating. It really does hit that whole concept of being resilient in times of change, whatever that looks like. So I'm going to tell a, fun, a kind of funny story. Okay, please do. Please do. <laughs> I got fired. My first job got fired when I was in high school man, my parents were so pissed off at me. And, and it's, it's kind of ironic because then I had to work for my dad in his construction company. I'm like, damn it. I will never get fired again because that was pure hell. You get fired. Now you have to go work for your dad. Right. <clears throat> so I worked at a cabinet factory okay, building cabinets and, and I was in the shipping crew. So I wasn't having to put the cabinets together, yeah. but as the cabinets came down the line, they get to us and we have to get them like all wrapped in the cardboard and everything. <laughs> and now, now myself being a rather big guy and mm. a little bit on the obese side myself, you know, I, I'm like, I really appreciate, like, I should never felt this way towards a coworker, but I did. There was a fat ass on the team and he would do as little as possible. And so here comes this cabinet down the line. And I'm like, can you just grab the damn thing and start to wrap the cardboard <laughs> around it? Right. And I'm like, of course you can't because you can't move, buddy. And again, no, anybody who's big, I'm not making, I'm a big guy. Okay. I'm trying to be a little self-deprecating here. Right. I got pissed off. And of course, so we staple the cardboard to the cabinets. We wrap it around yeah. and then we staple yeah. the backside. Right. I'm so pissed off at him. I'm like, you know what? If you can't help, then get the 
fuck out of the way, right? And as I said, get the fuck out of the way, I took the Aragon stapler and put a staple in his ass. Ouch. <laughs> oh, God. And the moment I did it, I'm like, that was not Whoops. a smooth move. HR's coming. Not... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally, come boom. I was gone within an hour. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> but I learned so much about that yes. because that helped me remember, do not react. Think about mm. your response. Even nice. at like, I was 16 years old at that time. Wow. <clears throat> but it's interesting to see how much these moments when you either get laid yep. off, get yep. fired, yep, come to that moment where you're like, I'm walking. Like, you know, I can relate yep. to your story about IBM. There was a couple I just like, I'm done. I, I, loved, literally- I loved it. I love the company, but they were just, <clears throat> I was commuting from Orlando, Florida, which is where I live, to um, San Francisco for a quote unquote three week assignment. And of course, that the client liked me. So the people were like, no, no, you're staying. So three weeks turned into three months, six months, nine months. By month number 10, I went to the senior leadership and said, there are much smarter change consultants in Los Angeles that will easily do this commute. They're like, no, no, the client right. likes you. You're staying. You make too much money. I'm like, you got one month. And I gave them two. And then I, I was out of there. <laughs> but right. a lot of people were like, hey, and IBM was a fantastic company to work for. It was this, just this one particular executive who was just wouldn't let me go. And I always said, that my plan B, if Top Dog ever fails, I would, I mean, happily could go back to IBM in a sure. heartbeat. So that's always been my plan B. And I always have some you know, great, great friends who are still there. They're like, well, you can come back. I'm like, well, if my business fails, you're my right. plan B. They're like, all right, IBM, we'll, we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> so. But Steve, here's a question. Yeah. Because I know you, you, it's interesting. There's now that we're talking again, there's so many parallels to our life. Cause you started <laughs> oh, your business oh, at the same time I started mine. It's like, <laughs> okay, you started in 2008. I started in 2006. But what was one of those drivers that when, I mean, I, I realized the commute was part of the decision yeah, yeah. thing, but what was like another driver underneath it? Because I think helping other guys here, like, okay, it's not just, I'm miserable. Yep. There's other drivers that really become the igniting factors to like, I'm yep. going to go do this. So what was a couple of those drivers that really pushed you? Well, and, and so I'll tell you another quick story about my, one of my five. No, you only get to tell one freaking story. Nope, no, stories, no stories. No stories in podcast. Um, so it's, I'm, it's well, 14 plus years ago, because this was the catalyst for me to go take my business full time. I'm working for, I was a global head of leadership for a large manufacturing company. And I won't say the name, but you can probably look at my LinkedIn and figure it out. We'll just put it that way. Um, but I've been there for almost two years. Just you know, got a five out of five on my mid-year review. I'm working in the global HR area. I mean, it, I was rocking and rolling. Yep. And um I walk in and you know, to my boss's office and, and there's you know another HR person there, which I didn't think anything about. They're like, Steve, sit down. I'm like, okay. Like, um, this just isn't working out. You're fired. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's a 90 day conversation, not a, a two year thing. And like, I got this nice little glass of worry, like you're an awesome HR person. Yay. And, and suddenly I'm like, oh, and for those who, who are, think that's not legal, um, Florida is right to work state. And so as long as it's not a protected class, which, you know, at the time queer wasn't, um, boom, I'm out of there. So I, um, I was kind of like, well, shit. <laughs> like I didn't, literally did not see that coming. And um, so I had a, 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 I got a call from my best friend and she's like, Hey, can I have dinner? Cause I have some news for you. I'm like, funny, I have news for you. And so she came over for dinner and, and she was um, to kind of put a little context in it. Ruth, who's just such a dear friend of mine, her and I started Top Dog Learning Group together as a part-time gig uh, side hustle when we were at Disney. And so you know, she kept with the Disney company and I kind of left and kind of did a bunch of other stuff. And so she comes over and she's like, I said, well, what's your news? She's like, I just got a three-year gig to move to Paris to run Disney University over at Disneyland Paris. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. 
thing. She's like, what's your deal? I'm like, I got fired yesterday and I have no idea why. She's like, well, come with me. Like what? Mm. She's like, come with me. You speak. I, I used to be fluent in French. It's gone now, but I used to be. And I know it's like you know, it's, like, it's so hard to speak French in Central Florida. But anyway, um, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so she's like, you know, you just come with me for a week. Help me get settled in. You speak French. You can help me get my apartment set up. She was taking her chocolate lab, who's just this beautiful big old hunk. His name is Potter. She's like, you can be Potter's puppy au pair and get settled in. And my husband's just kind of like, you know, silently eating his deep meal. And he's like, look, why don't you go for a couple months, figure your shit out and I'll come get you. Um, and then we'll come home. I'm like, what? Hall pass. Woo-hoo. So right, I moved right. to Paris and that's that. And so you talk about like thinking about what was a big changing point, obviously being fired was the first part, but then it's thinking about, well, what do I want to do? And I was over right. there and, and I, you know, take, take Potter on his walks around the, the Champs de Mars, which is you know where the um, Eiffel tower is and um, pick up the dog poop, you know, next to the, this beautiful place. And then the right. afternoons I'd sit there like, what the hell am I going to do with my life. And, you know, I, I had enough runway, you know, savings that I could, I only had so far. <laughs> so, you know, I, the, the clock was ticking and I'm sitting here in a French cafe trying to figure my crap out. And so finally I said, you know, I have this business, part-time business infrastructure. Let's just take it full-time and see what happens. Now, stupid Steve, who's not very financially motivated uh, or, or financially savvy, um, this was early, this is like January 20, uh, 2008. So if anyone has any historical context on the financial system and times at that moment, yeah, really shitty time to start a business. But luckily mm-hmm. I, I got, you know, my doctorate's in distance learning. So I was able to start doing consulting in that. And, um, you know, my, my subject matter areas is leadership as well as diversity and inclusion. So all of this kind of came together and knock on wood, Top Dog's been my full-time gig for 14 years. But I, 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 I absolutely credit being resilient and always having that glass half full mentality when, when shitty things happen, it's like, well, that sucked, but okay, what can I do with this? And actually, if you look at the, the, the research around being resilient, that is one of the key traits when, when, Mm -hmm. when crappy times happen, even if it's, um, there's a kid's book called, um, Alexander, Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And even when we all have those terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days to be able to say, well, well, gee, that was a shitty ass day, but what was Mm -hmm. one good thing that happened? You know, ah, you know, I got to see my partner or I got to, you know, call my parents if you're blessed to have them still around or whatever that is and find those bright spots because that really can propel you through those, those turbulent times. So all that being said, the real reason you started your business is your husband kicked you out of the house and said, I'm done and with send you. Me to, send me to France. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. France, right? exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it is those moments. I mean, it's again, yeah, 2008 was a really shitty time to be trying to start a business. <laughs> I was right there. I mean, I got, there, laid I, off. I got laid off in 2006 and I'm kind of like, eh, okay. And then, you know, I'm in the hospitality industry. So it was even worse. <laughs> I mean, you know, coming from Disney, it's like, yeah. that was not a time to be like, I'm going to go work for some other hotel chain. Oh, hell no. Unless you want to like, well, maybe you could be a maid, but even they're getting laid off. So it's not <laughs> right, happening. Right. You know? <clears throat> but I, I remember sitting in those moments and going, okay, but I don't think I want to go back. Yeah. I don't think I want to be there. And it is ironic that um, I said, and I, I ate those dog, those words last year, <laughs> I would never work for anybody again. Right. I said, <laughs> I would never do this again. Right. <laughs> and then ironically, the right thing showed up in my world. And I'm like, I'm doing what I love. I get yeah. to coach. I love coaching. I love it. 
I love, I'm, I'm doing stuff for this company, like being regular on the podcast and stuff. Surprise, surprise. I love to use my freaking, <laughs> freaking mouth. Don't go there, guys. Yes, I love to use my mouth in lots of ways, but I use my mouth speaking and podcasting and other stuff. And if somebody had told me back then that this would be the place that I would find myself running a side yeah. hustle business plus working again, <clears throat> I would have said, you're absolutely crazy. You know, and if somebody had told me in 1999 when I came out of the closet that I would turn yeah. that whole experience into a business, I would be like, you are totally <laughs> fucked up there. Yep. But as we're talking through this, I want I want the guys that are listening and those of you that are half asleep, that's OK. This is all going into your subconscious. So just, just lay there, you know, but realize sometimes you go to reach for something like this and you're trying so hard to reach for like, well, but I have to have this. I have to that that I'm hoping you're hearing even from Steve's story. There wasn't a lot. He didn't know for sure where any of this was going. No. That doesn't mean either that he rolled over and like, okay, I'm just going to wait for it to happen because you started digging. That's what I'm really hearing is you started digging in and saying, okay, I think this is what I want. This is what I think it could look like. And it just perfectly worked out. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Roses and rainbows ever since. Yes. Well, don't forget the unicorns too. Of course. Right? Of course. Hope never. So as you've navigated through this, what has been some of the hardest lessons you've learned in making like these big transitions? Ooh, great question, Rick. Um, you know, I think the biggest one is, is managing that balance between, um, as, and, you know, like I said, Ruth is still one of my best friends this day. I had to fire from the business in a good way because I was going after some, some clients that would be a conflict of interest at the time, but you know, she's, she's now a part-time top dogger when she wants to be, but, you know, she had one of the best business piece of business advice early on. She's like, when you start a business, you're just kind of a whore. And, she, and by the way, she's, she's um, grew up in, in the UK. So she's this gorgeous British accent. She's very beautiful, but just to say, you're just kind of like a whore. And it's just really funny. So, and then as the business progressed- And it doesn't sound bad when they say it. You know? No, everything's beautiful. It's, when a, a British person it's says, really yeah, beautiful. It's yeah. accent. Um, but, but then she said, you know, and then you, you develop a little bit further. And now you're more of a courtesan. You're more of a selective whore. But, you know, when you, the balance between just doing a, as a small business owner, doing whatever I can do to get a buck, and not just yep. that, but you know other things. But then finding where's the right balance to to do really what it is that you're passionate about and, you, and your purpose right. and all that good stuff. And and that's kind of how you know. And Top Dog is still my main gig, but that's how I started my own personal brand, which is of course, as you said, the Gay Leadership Dude. And there's a circle R on that, friends. So no one on listening can steal that. I own that here in the states. Mm -hmm. But but that's really where the sweet spot kind of came about. Is you know I can take all the leadership, change management, and diversity goodness that Top Dog does and channel it through a rainbow lens toward our community. And that's kind of what, what led to um, my latest book, Pride Leadership Strategies for the LGBTQ Clue Leader to be the King or Queen of Their Jungle. But all the keynotes I do, all the talking, working with Fortune 500s and their gay uh, employee resource groups and empowering them to not only make a difference within their business, but well beyond. And it's been just this really cool um, you know, melding of all my passions. And then my doctorate's actually in, in structural technology and distance education. So, you know, being able to do that via distance now and leverage these technologies to really help people and empower them to be more awesome queer leaders has just been like this little cornucopia of awesomeness. It's cool. But there's also a piece of this that you just shared that I, I hope everybody kind of heard. And I'm going to go back to what you started with, like being the Please whore. Do. Yeah. <laughs> because honestly, I ask, I would invite everybody to ask themselves this question. If you are miserable in your career. Mm. 
are you being a whore? Because you may just be just whoring out your gold. time for dollars. Golden handcuffs. Honestly. Especially when you get uh, over 40, you get yeah. it gets harder and harder to leave those golden handcuffs that you have. Yep. And part of the reason that I jumped into what I jumped into full time was it actually it actually doesn't feel like I'm working at a job. I'm just doing what I love. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like I'm handcuffed to this. It doesn't feel like I I have to like, oh, yes, I'm playing by the quote rules, but yeah. I love playing by the rules I'm playing by there, you know? And I love that analogy of, are you being the whore or the courtesan? Because yeah. there's something special about that, you know, that really, when you realize that we're all handcuffed to certain things in life, you sure. know, but, you know, when I think about the very first time you and I had a conversation and that was about the time I was starting to like shift the brand of, you know, the coming out lounge to life uncloseted and realizing that's why I'm like, Hey, I'm going to start talking about lots of other uncloseted stories. Right. Yeah. Because what happens when you give yourself permission to step out of the closet of your career and Ooh. go do something else. And what happens when you finally open the doorway out of the closet to your passion versus, yes. you know, other stuff. And I feel like for guys in their forties plus, even though I haven't seen 40 in 18 years, <clears throat> just saying, <laughs> uh, and it does get better. Okay, I'm using that term because, guys, it does get better. There's, there, I mean, I loved my 40s. I freaking loved my 40s. I was like when so much good stuff was happening. <laughs> I love my 50s. I just don't like yeah. some of the aches and pains that are yeah. now well, here on a regular basis. But um, my warranty but, expired at 50. I hear, I hear. You, exactly. I hate to say that too, but it's like okay. But um, but I want to invite you all to like truly step into like what can be. And it doesn't have to be like this grandiose thing, no. like start playing with what could be yep. and don't hold yourself back. If you can come out of the closet, you can come out of a career closet too. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's tough, but you just got to realize you will find it when you find that thing. You can move. Yes. You got to think about money, but I just recently coached a couple of guys like these guys were making bang. Yeah. <laughs> And that was a big piece, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this. And both of them came down a little bit on what they're making. But they're so freaking happy doing yes. what they're doing. Now. Yes. Because they found that space to lead their own life and to step into, like, how they do it. You and, and Rick, you, you said something beautiful. And it's actually um, one of the chapters in my book when I when I wrote Pride Leadership. Um, you know, it, it started going to be a quote unquote generic leadership book. Because I've been in this space for 30 years. You see leaders who are really successful. You see them who are just totally shitty crashing and burning, but you see right. the trend in, um, in what works and what doesn't. And that's kind of where I came up with all the competencies that, that literally anyone, gay or straight, um, can leverage to be more successful. But then I said, you know what? No one's speaking to our community. So that's where I started mm -hmm. thinking about the, the, the rainbow lens, you know, the whole um, yeah. Carrie Bradshaw. I couldn't help but wonder, um, right. not, the, not, the, not the current <laughs> show, but the previous show. And, um, and that's really, I'm like, I couldn't help but wonder, is there something about the queer experience, the LGBTQ plus experience that kind of amps up the six competencies that I talked about. Um, and, and one of them, of course, one's authenticity. Well, gee, you just said it. You know, if you, you have the courage to be your authentic self in the workplace, that's gold. Like just authenticity yep. alone is gold, but now put it through the rainbow lens. And then that's even more important. And courage is this, the second one I talk about. And you just brilliantly said it. You know, if you have the courage to, to be your authentic self in the workplace, to, to be out and proud, you can do pretty much anything. And, yep. and I argue that in private 
high leadership that, um, you know, that's a blessing that we have that mm-hmm. opportunity to exercise that our straight brothers and sisters and, and siblings don't necessarily have to do. And, and right. so I, I'm, I, I, you know, till my dying day, will say that that one of the best things that ever happened to me was me discovering my authentic self as being LGBTQ or gay, mm-hmm. um, and, and how that otherness can really impact how I look at the world and, and, and look at how you, I'm trying to make the world a little bit more inclusive for all of us others out there. Well, and it's, sometimes it's just the simplest thing. You know, I, I mean, we, I, so the company I work for, we're completely virtual. Yeah. In fact, uh, and I was, I was, Telling Steve right before we got on, I'm like, bitch, I totally forgot you lived in Orlando. And here I am at a company <laughs> retreat in Orlando last fall. But last fall was the first time we all met. It was crazy. Now, a few of us had met, like yeah. the owner and I had met, and a couple others through other things that we did. The leadership team, there's four on the leadership team or five. They've met because they meet like once a quarter. But it was so interesting to like have this happen. So yeah. the only exposure people have to Rick is if we're on our company Zoom calls yep. or Slack. Yeah. And Slack, I mean, we we do everything. I mean, there's there's definitely HR rules getting broken totally all right. over yeah, the place. That's all discoverable, Rick. Be careful. <laughs> I know, but I, I'm lucky that I have a great team. But, you know, yeah. the simplicity of, hey, it's Monday morning. What did everybody do this weekend? And being able to say, hey, my husband and I went, didn't we went wine tasting? And then we went here and you know, da, da. even something as simple as that. Yeah starts to open the doors. Yep. You know, I don't worry about if somebody is offended by that. I'm like, I'm living my life. I'm just living my life. And I know for a lot of guys that may be listening to this, you're like, well, I'm a single gay man. And you know, how do I do this? You can still talk about what you do. Yep. You know, yep. now I'm not saying you have to force it. I don't think either Steve or I are saying you yep. have to carry the rainbow flag. You have to show yep. up. Yeah. No, no, no. When you're ready, when you're ready, how you feel comfortable is how you do it. And I think the beautiful thing about being a leader in your own world, which we all are, <laughs> I have to lead myself out of bed Absolutely. in the middle of the night Absolutely. to the bathroom all the time these days, but um, being a leader in your own way is what it's all about. And if yes. you're struggling, if you are struggling with, I need to do something more in my life, this work, this career, whatever, I hate to say it. Any of you who may know this person, Mel Robbins, she says, nobody's coming to do it. Nobody's coming yeah. to do it. And I don't want to like put that in a downer space, but it's in your control, every bit of it. And you can get fired. You can walk away from a job. You can say, hey, I'm going to go create something like Rick and Steve have done, where it's my, my own side hustle that becomes my main thing. But it's in your power. And, and I would I would add to that, Rick, and beautifully said. I, and I will also add to that, that, you know, as you... Um, experience life more. I like to phrase it that way. Uh, you know, y- you start to figure out uh, hopefully what you're passionate about. And yes, that might not be being fed by your work self, but at least feed it from your outside of work self. It's, it's wonderful and brilliant when you can, you make it earn a living um, with things that you get stupidly passionate about. You know, and I'm, I'm very, very fortunate and blessed to have that. But if you're not doing that, that's fine. But find a way to, fi- to feed that soul, to feed those personal values that you have um, in some way, shape or form. I know I've, I've been talking with a lot of folks um, who are over 40 or you know, into whatever time or whatever about you know volunteerism and, and, and uh, service on boards, whether they be corporate boards or nonprofit boards or whatever. You find that way to, to, to you know, give back um, in pride leadership, 
um, at the very end of the book, I say, you know, you're in one of two positions. You either need to gay it forward, meaning you're kind of that advanced leader and, you know, just find an, a younger gay and help them out. Or you need to go find your own RuPaul if you need more help, meaning, you know, find your own uh, mentor kind of type of idea. So, you know, if, if you're in that position, be a mentor to, to a younger uh, queer professional just kind of coming in the ranks. Or if you're like, you know what, I still need some help, then find somebody, um, find another uh, LGBT person um, to really kind of give their perspective. I'm such a big fan of mentoring and mentoring relationships if they're done in a heart centric sort of way, like, hey, I'm just here to help you, hey, I'm here to learn from you. And you kind of go right. at it that way versus the, what can you do for me in my career? No, don't do right. that. Um, and I just think that that we have an opportunity as a collective community that we're, we're powerful. And, and I don't think we realize how powerful we are from a leadership perspective. And that's my zero hidden agenda on the work I do as uh, both the gay leadership dude and all the stuff I do around my book, Pride Leadership, and, and even Top Dog Learning Group is, you know, I'm here to fan the flames of a LGBTQ plus leadership movement, because I think the power that we have is insane. We're not leveraging it the way we should to make the world a more inclusive place for everyone. And that's kind of, you can clearly hear my passion about that. Um, yep. But I do think that there's there's immense power for everybody listening. We just need to find that power and use it. Girl, you just took us to church. I'm just Woo! saying. Amen. <clears throat> and I agree 100%. And it was the hardest thing for me because I was high, high up in the corporate world when I came out. Mm. So there was that piece of people knew me as Mr. Heterosexual, straight, married guy with right, two kids. Right. And suddenly I'm gay guy, divorce with two kids, all that. And so there was a lot that played out in that company at that time. Mm. And it was also 1999. So we weren't near where we are today with all this stuff. You weren't you were partying like Prince? Well. <clears throat> Certain places, <laughs> certain places I was every business trip. There was like another side of Rick that showed, but even when the other side of Rick showed up, it was not like, right, it was like, right. Oh, I'll go hang with the, the LGBTQ. Well, there was really like the gays and lesbians on the team. And right. instead of going to the titty bars with the rest of the guys, right. <laughs> right. Now, if there had been titty bars with men that, oh, okay. I would be, yeah, yeah sure. Let's go. Let's Boy go. Titties. Boy titties. Yeah. But um, it, it was interesting to walk through that. And I, I love the gay it forward concept and the mm. RuPaul stuff that you just brought up because there is this lovely piece of mentoring. And as you were talking through that, it, it, it made me really realize this is yet another reason I do this podcast as well as Life on Closet. It's, yeah. it's more coming from a mentoring perspective of I'm not going to tell you what to do. Here's just some thoughts, yep. you know. Now, of course, Steve and I are saying, bitches, if you don't do what we said today, <laughs> we will, we will find you. <laughs> we will find you and we will, and we will take Steve's gay leadership book and beat you over the head with it until you consume the whole thing. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I hope people take away from this conversation today that you are a beautiful individual on the planet that can have a whole lot more impact than you may think. Mm. It doesn't mean we have to go march in a pride parade. It doesn't even mean we have to be at the next activist thing. All that's great too. We're not yes. saying don't do Ooh, that. That's good stuff if you can. <clears throat> but just being present in the workplace in your way as an LGBTQ person is a beautiful thing. And yes. realizing, as Steve said, I loved when you talked about the power that we have. I feel like sometimes we forget the power of coming out. And guys... You're coming out to go make a change in your career. 
You're coming out to be more present in your work as an LGBTQ individual. Lean into your own coming out yes. abilities. Grasp hold of that superpower. It is a superpower. I'm not, I'm not joking right now. It's like, mm -mm. I see it each and every day. Because, hey, we all come out every day. I don't think there's any one of us who say, oh, I got through today and I didn't have to come out. To, oh, maybe, maybe you don't come out quite every day, but I know I do. I mean, uh, there's not a day that goes no. by and I work from home. I'm a little, I'm a little hermit. <laughs> I don't get out much. No, I'm kidding. I do get out. But like I went to the pool yesterday to swim laps and I was talking to like the gal at the front desk and she goes, well, what is it you do? And I'm like, okay, well, I can go a couple of different ways here because I do so much. I said, well, I have a couple of podcasts and I, I'm a coach and I coach speakers and I also coach gay men. Oh, why gay men? I'm like, well, <laughs> Have you seen my speedo out there in the pool? Hello. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, You'll fall. Uh, yeah, well, not quite, but uh, there's a couple of guys. I'm like, I wonder if they're playing on my team because that's a really nice looking suit on that ass. But, um, but when I walk, when we walk around um, uh, Epcot, especially, we always play like, um, are you Nelly or are you foreign because of the oh, outfit uh, you wear? <laughs> so oh, I can imagine, especially in Orlando, there's so many. Yeah, like, and oh. it, it, that that since not works anymore, sadly. You right, know, right, back in back right. in the, the, in the, the, the 90s. Right, right. It <clears throat> right yeah that, okay now you just showed how old we both were totally so fine totally like, fine yeah, yeah, well i used the word uh, nelly <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like the younger generation is like who and we couldn't even say you know like the girl on little house on the Prairie. right yeah like, no <laughs> who's, who's a really too. who's a really big um queer advocate by the way yes. which i think is really yeah. cool yeah she is so <laughs> so one little last like piece of advice yes. you'd leave guys who are like like hey okay i really do want to go for this i want to make that move or whatever or i want to be a little more present what's one other thing because this is your moment this is the last yes, time and then we're going to go five years again before we talk <laughs> to each other <laughs> till the next book till the next book comes right out. right exactly <laughs> um you know i i, I think that it, it's never too late to honor your authentic self. You know, I was in an online conference this week for a group, um, Out Leadership, which focuses on trying to, to promote um, LGBTQ plus representation at that corporate level, at that C-suite. And um, Jim Fitterling, uh, the CEO of Dow Chemical, was one of the speakers. Now, he came out pretty late in life. And he was discussing, you know, how it changed his world and, and how he tried to keep his work life separate and then his, you know, his personal life separate and just how powerful his, his story was on just honoring his authenticity and how that made him so much more of a, an advocate, not just for us gays, but for, for everyone and really changed how he brought himself to work. And I think we can, we can all learn from that, you know, whether you're, you know, going toward that retirement, whether you're, you're, you're still in your in the workplace, whether you're going to run your own business, whatever it looks like, honor who you are, your authenticity, and the experience you have, and know, as we've been saying, that is a massive superpower that you can use to, to foster change uh, and inclusivity within our world. It's powerful, man. All right, I'm done with you, bitch. Get out. No, You're done. I'm done. Get out. I've had my 40 some minutes with Steve this morning. I'm done. We're done. Uh, no, but I so appreciate you, brother. It's been Yay. too long, and I appreciate the stuff you bring into the world. And it's been a while since we got to do this. So, this is a new little space for us. So, yes. I'm going to let guys that are listening who may not have listened to Life Uncloseted, which literally I look back, I think you were episode like 30 something. So, yeah, it was early. Now we're at 500 and so. <laughs> so, yeah, girl, you're ancient there too. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, anybody who would love Steve's gay leadership book, send me an email, 
say, hey, I'd like his book and I will gladly get it on its way from Amazon to you my on my dime because I just I love what Steve does. I love the book and um, I really want to see guys really this is another place of stepping up and stepping Mm -hmm. into being authentically who you are, whether it's making that career move or in the workplace. So, um, all right. So I guess we'll we need to go figure out what we're doing for the weekend now since we're recording know, this on a Friday. Friday. And it's a Friday. It Friday. Yeah. It's not Friday for you guys listening. Well, yeah. actually, it will be because these then. air on these these air on Friday. So that worked. I should shut up the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> just pretend. Yeah, we just did this see, live that day. See, I, you know, living in a uh, hospitality focused area, I always kind of had the disclaimer. It's Friday or whatever you consider your Friday because so many exactly. people work weekends and I'm an entrepreneur. Exactly. I'm like, what's a weekend? So there's that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Weekends for me? No, that's when I switch gears. I'm like, okay, I got to edit this damn podcast I just did with Steve. I got to get the blog posts up, all this sort of stuff. So uh, anyway, again, man, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for sharing yourself. And we will have you back when the next book comes out because there is a new book coming out. We didn't really talk about it, but it's coming soon. soon. uh, But anyway, and if any of you want to connect with Steve, all the stuff will be there on the links. What's what's the best place for them to connect? Just a quick shout out. Yeah, one stop shop is is, uh, topdoglearning.biz. You can find out about uh, my book, uh, my books, yep. uh, my team, the work that we do. And there's also a tab on the gay leadership dude, circle R, uh, should you want to kind of get in touch with me and see how we can be more consciously inclusive together. Awesome. You notice he didn't say scruff. Yay. Yep. So- Bing! There's Bing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. I so appreciate you. And guys, just go out, have a great week doing what you're doing keep dumping those excuses and facing your fears and living your unapologetic life as a gay guy over 40 and we'll catch you in just another week with another episode so take care everybody that's a wrap for 40 plus gay men gay talk where size doesn't matter we drop our bullshit get over our screwed up fears make bold moves and live life without apologies Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.